Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 341 here on the Motorcycle Man Podcast. Joining me here today in the V-Twin Cafe is David Schumann. David is the host of the Because Bikers Matter podcast and is also with Motorcycle Safety Lawyers. Now, he joins us here today to tell us all about his podcast and the Motorcycle Safety Lawyers. But first... The Motorcycle Men Podcast is brought to you by Scorpion Helmets. Now they're offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. To learn more, get on over to scorpionusa.com. And Wild-Ass Seats, now you can improve your comfort and ability to stay in the saddle longer with a cushion from Wild-Ass Seats. So if you are tighter of those painful pressure points and fatigue, get on over to wild-ass.com. And tell the real Craig Johnson that the Motorcycle Men Podcast sent you to get your own cushion today. And of course, as always, for the best in casual riding gear for men and women, there's only one place you should be going, and that is, of course, Tobacco Motorwear. Visit them at TobaccoMotorwear.com, and our listeners will get 10% off your order when you use the coupon code MOTOMEN. Your safety is worth it. Get on over there. Get in Dave's pants. Now listen, everybody here on the podcast wears tobacco motorwear riding jeans. We all have their California riding shirt. I use the Roper gloves. This is good stuff. So get on over there. Get in Dave's pants. Get yourself a pair of these jeans. All right. Time for that interview. All right, everybody. Good evening and welcome to the Motorcycle Man Podcast, episode 241, as you heard. And joining me today, all the way from the lovely city of Las Vegas, Nevada, is Mr. <laughs> David Schumann. How you doing, Dave? Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for being here on the show. Well, Dave, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and all that? So, uh, what do I do? So I run Motorcycle Safety Lawyers. And, of course, I have a podcast because Bikers Matter uh, as well. But Motorcycle Safety Lawyers is a division of Schumann Legal, personal injury lawyers. Uh, They've been handling motorcycle accident cases for over 35 years. I'm the uh, chief financial officer for Schumann Legal. So I get to write all the big fat checks at the end of a case. All right. And, yeah, and for Motorcycle Safety Lawyers, I'm the CMO which is the chief motorcycle officer. Wow. So you're busy. You've got, you're on, you're on both ends of the stick there at that point, right? Yes. Then no. <laughs> it's, it's crazy now because it used to be just, you know, season that we were busy. Yeah. Now it's every week. Yeah. There's, there isn't really a motorcycle season anymore. That, that used to well, be the whole thing, but it really isn't. Well, my friends in Chicago all have, um, you know, PMS, I get it. Um, because they can't ride their bikes. Sure. Yeah. And so there's the season is very short. Mm-hmm. You know, it's parked motorcycle syndrome. Of I course. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they can't. We're here in Vegas. Although this is a, this is a weird winter. It's been very cold and very wet. But I guess I don't mind so much because Lake Mead needs the water. Yeah, of course We're, it does. It's yeah. down way too much. Right. Um, so and it's a record. We've had more rain this year than in the last 10 combined. Wow. Holy crap. So, now, so far, the record for snow is uh, on par. About two weeks ago, it was 70 degrees. And two days later, I went to go 
take my tri-glide out to uh, work my workout. And uh, there was an inch of snow in my driveway. Well, wait a minute. Las Vegas? You had snow? Well, I live on the side of Red Rock. So I'm 1,000 feet above the Okay, so you got some elevation. Okay, yeah, you got some elevation. Okay. Yeah, and so um, we had snow like three and a half years ago, and it was a quarter of an inch. And an hour later, it was gone. And here I had about an inch, and an hour later, it was gone. All right. And haven't seen it since. Right. So one day of snow a year, I can live with that. Yeah, yeah, I know some people who would really wish to have that. You know, I mean, here in North Carolina, uh, today the temperature, it started off at 39 degrees, and I think we made it up to 49. And that was just, so it's a chilly, it's chilly, but you can still ride. You know, we don't rain, you can still ride, right? You can still rain, even if it's raining, and you can still ride, but not like Chicago, of course not. No. So they don't ride in the winter. No, I know. It's brutal. Yeah, I got friends in uh, Minnesota. and they're they're and they're having they're in pain right now. They're PMS, right? Because they can't right. ride. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so I'll tell you what. Well, before we get into the the lawyer thing, let's talk about your podcast. Now you're the host of Because uh, Bikers Matter. So tell us about it. What it's about and what is the aim of the show? So we try to highlight the charities, the industry people that we work with. Okay. Um, or that we find extremely interesting and get into sort of like what you do, you know, what are they all about? What makes them tick? What's their connection to motorcycles and the motorcycle industry? Um, Where are they trying to go with, you know, what they do related to motorcycles? Right. And um, it's a lot of fun that way. Um, You you get to see, you know, I, I, I've, I've interviewed some industry folks like Marilyn Stemp, who's Iron yeah, Trader News, and she she's the Woody's uh, right and left hands, I think, at the Buffalo Chip, you know, oh, wow, during the yeah. Sturgis Rally, and um, so she's fascinating. Her connection to motorcycles, and it was one based on love. Her husband had a her the guy she started dating, if you will, had a had a Harley, and he took her for a ride, and they never looked back. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's happened to a lot of people, right? You yeah, know, you oh, yeah. First ride, and you get you know that wind therapy, and the adrenaline's going, and you're like, I got a motorcycle. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what usually happens. You know? Right? Yeah. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. So, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, we 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 do a lot of charity stuff, so I I bring that into it. We work, like to work with veterans' causes. Oh, that's great, man! Awesome. You know, buy, buying um, rescue dogs from kill shelters and having really? them properly trained to work with vets and providing medical care and food for the you know life of the dogs. Um, we do a lot with children. Um, we have several charities that we sponsor that um, have been involved in research against children's cancer. Right. Um, one of them is called Curing Kids Cancer. And that one blows my mind. So we work with Kirsch Helmets. We've got a partnership there. Oh, okay. They make half helmets, and they're unlike what you see in most places. These are closer to $500, but you can drive a Humvee over it, and you won't break the shell. Right. Yeah, I, so, inter- I interviewed the guy from uh, Kirsch Helmets about two or three years ago. So I got, was it got- Johnny DeVito, or...? Uh, I'd have to go back to my records and see. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I mean, there's, the, there's this partner that, you know, kind of did all the technology stuff yeah. and Donnie's kind of the face of uh, the business aspects of, of, of Kirsch helmets. 
But anyway, so we partnered with them. We got uh, and uh, motorcycle knuckle busters with Mario Krim, and he actually brought us into this. And uh, and then with curing kids cancer, and what we did is we found uh, 25 custom bike builders and painters, and that agreed to paint a Kirsch helmet that would then be auctioned off at the Meekum auctions. Nice. And they're doing it at all the auctions. Although we started uh, in January with the Meekum auto auction that's Good. in Las Vegas at the convention center. Wow. You and, got into that, huh? Right. Good and so the, the helmets were on display there and we weren't going to sell any, but um, curing kids cancer is the preferred charity of the Meekum auction. Sure. Um, just to give you an idea how serious this is. Um, first of all, they've raised in excess of $25 million. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. unbelievable. But here's wow. what's even cooler about it. The money goes to research. They have a medical committee that um, decides where the money goes as it comes in. Yeah. And um, they, they were a contributor to a therapy called CAR T-cell therapy. Yeah. Well, that therapy is $450,000 in a lab, but... They got it down to where it's twenty five grand in, in a in a children's hospital. Right. So like Chicago, uh, Lurie's Children's Hospital in Chicago or Comer's Children's Hospital, they both um, use this therapy. Right. It's only given to children that are in that are in hospice. Oh so wow! Not really? To live. Oh. They have a ninety seven percent success rate with oh, no chemo awesome. and no radiation. Oh, that's it's out of this world. Wow. Where do you get twenty five thousand equals point nine seven percent chance a child will live? Exactly. Where do you get that? You don't. So oh, there's an event that we spot. It's a long, interesting, very woven story of how all these things came together. But um, we met Venus LaCure at Motobot. She was a pinup. She won Miss Motobot 2022. Nice. And she said, I said to her during my podcast with her, so what do you do in your real life? And she goes, uh, I'm a pediatric oncology nurse. Wow. Now, how did that happen? Right. So really? I told her about curing kids cancer. And I yeah. said, we're painting this up. She goes, I'm an artist. I use art to help my kiddos express their feelings. Oh, no kidding. Wow. So I want to paint the helmet. She painted a helmet. We took that helmet. We thought we'd raise twenty-five to thirty-five thousand dollars for the charity right. out of twenty-five helmets. Right. Um, her helmet sold for twenty-five thousand. Oh, no kidding! Damn, We've raised over man, that's awesome. 000. It's amazing. Wow. Her helmet. Well, all the, so far we're not even near done. Uh, we've raised over $60,000 for curing no kidding. cancer. That's program. awesome, man. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, now, these charities, when you approach them as a podcast host, are you approaching them as a podcast host, or are you approaching them as a somebody who works for the motorcycle uh, sa safety uh, lawyers? Right. So, yeah. so we, we, we come into this with um, our partners as motorcycle safety lawyers. Right. But... When these things go on and they get, we get to know them and we see the meat and potatoes of what we're dealing with. Yeah. Then I review them for the podcast. Right. And how receptive are are they, the prospective uh, charities? How receptive are they to having you as a sponsor of the podcast? So far, it's kind of amazing. Anyone pretty oh, much good. that I've offered to sponsor um, has said yes to being on the podcast because it's helping their charities. Oh, sure. They're yeah. getting more publicity. They're right. getting more money. Um, and they love what we've been doing because they want all the help they can get. 
Yeah. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Now, now you've yeah. only got right now at this current stage because you're a very young podcast, very young. You've got, uh, what do you like, 40, something, 40 something uh, podcasts right now. Correct. Right. right. Correct. Now, uh, right now, I can see that your show is really short form. Most of your, your episodes are between eight and 15 minutes long. Now, do you see, that's a short form. Do you, do you see yourself moving to a long form podcast in the future? Well, there are six podcasts, I believe, that are out there that are almost 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it depends, you know, it, like I, I shot one this past weekend that was probably 10 minutes. Right. And it's just because the person I was talking to was kind of nervous. Right. And no, she wasn't nervous. And um, so it was a little harder extracting information that was worth getting yeah. you know, to use in a podcast. And so. Uh, and my all of my podcasts are on on YouTube as well, so you can see what's going on. So we were in a Harley dealership in Eureka Springs, right, um, Arkansas, and uh, you know we talked about what was going on and and what they offer, and you know, but it it, it wasn't long. You know that was that was a lot for her, and it was so busy in in the dealership that she really needed to get back to you know helping customers and pricing and the things that she was doing. Oh so sure, yeah, yeah. But you know, we talk to people that, like, um, we we sponsor something called accident scene management classes. Right, exactly. And it teaches the motorcyclists what to do in the unfortunate event they come upon or involved in an accident, a motorcycle accident. Right. And there's a lot of ancillary things that go with that. But so I I interviewed Vicky Sanfilippo, who is the founder of Road Guardians and Accident Scene Management. She right. is a, uh, a she was a nurse. Um, she is. She's an avid motorcyclist, and she wanted to know that the people riding with her around her could do something to help her if, in the event, she went down. Oh wow! So that's how it started, right? And and you know, it, it's taught in in a whole bunch. I forget the numbers, but different countries. Um, the class is one hundred and fifty bucks a day, and right. we pay one hundred and fifteen dollars a day. So the motorcyclist pays thirty-five bucks to get an amazing, life-saving, injury-reducing education. Oh, that's good. and everybody walks on and goes, "This is amazing!" Wow, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Wow. So that's... that that podcast was probably forty-five minutes. Yeah. So and that's and that's what I consider a long form. Basically, anything forty-five minutes or more, I would consider. Well, certainly anything over an hour is long form. Like for example, my podcast can vary anywhere between one to two and a half hours. It depends on what's going on. Like Joe Rogan's podcast can be up to two hours or more. So it, it just requires a little bit more work. And of course, on this end of it, like like for example, when doing interviews, it, it's the guests that are I mean, to to have a have a guest who has a lot to say, which is very good. And that, that's and it's important because then this this will hold the interest of your listeners for certain. But uh, did you find that it just strictly sticking with interview podcasts is more work than you expected? Definitely. Yeah. Because thought, <laughs> How's that? Because to get to your, your concept of the longer format. Yeah. Um, means you have to think about what you want to say and maybe make a short outline of the key points that you want to make sure you cover. Right. Because when you're doing it live and you're talking to somebody, it's easy to forget things. Sure. You know, oh, yeah. and, and, and then, you know, you had question number two, this, and everybody answered it, or number 14 is something, and they answered it. So now you got to kind of, you know, divert the program, and you have to be, <laughs> you, you learn that process. I think, you know, I'm clearly still learning the process, and I like it. We're all but, learning. 
Yeah, and there's days you're in the mood and there's days you're not in the mood. Yeah. If you're not in the mood, it probably means you didn't get out and ride your bike for an hour or two before you <laughs> came into the podcast. So, you know, you need that clear the head and, and you know, who knows what happened yesterday or last night or whatever, right. you know, and so you're just, you're just ready to roll. So let me ask you, and, so is your podcast, do you stream it live from the moment you're doing it? Absolutely not. Oh, no. So you so, so you're, you are recording it. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, so there, there's there's a little bit of editing to be done, right? Oh, yeah. And and there's all kinds of funny stuff that goes on, you know, because we're doing it as, you know, as a YouTube video as well. At yeah. Same time. Um, there's stuff that happens around us. People, you know, for out live in the field, which we do a lot of them, you know, People walking in front of the camera, yeah. or or somebody talking <laughs> when they're not supposed to be talking or knocking on your door, yeah. or um, you know, all kinds of things happen. And yeah. so, you know, or, or your guests, you know, something happens with them, and you, so you got to, you know, you just cut it out because it's not, it's just noise. Yeah. At that point. Oh, uh, I've, we've done a few live uh, uh, shows. And one of the interesting things I find is you. One of the things you cannot absolutely control, and you're, you'll know this, is you cannot control background noise. Uh, be it cars, trucks, people talking, music, it doesn't matter. And so that always makes it interesting. And what's and even that with live events like that, if you're doing something, the thing is you can't do is you can't edit that stuff out because that'll just break out the ambiance of the whole interview or, or, or the entire show. So. But now you're also working with uh, motorcycle safety lawyers. Now tell us about that. So it's 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 been an interesting evolution for us. Um, I started riding as a freshman in college. My roommate that was from DeKalb, Illinois. I went to Northern Illinois University. Right. He owned a, a motorcycle. He immediately taught me how to ride it, went and got my license, and went to the nearest uh motorcycle dealership which was a kawasaki dealer uh in rochelle illinois that was about half hour 40 minutes from the university and you know i was a college student i didn't have a whole lot of money so found a kz400 that i could afford yeah and uh that was my first bike and if you look on the podcast you actually see pictures of me with my hair down to my shoulders and a full beard yeah i was wondering about that (laughs) <laughs> and me on my KZ400. And I rode that for four years of college. Um, you know, Went through nine chains because I was always winding that thing out on the highways, you know. And, um, but it was great. It didn't break down. It was a really reliable motorcycle. It was a lot of fun. We went to some really crazy places. I mean, I remember going past the Byron Nuclear Power Plant on the way to the Mississippi Palisades and camping out in the pouring rain and fun and exciting stuff along the Mississippi River and going, you know, we went canoe, we'd go to these places and go canoeing. So all this gear is on the back of my bike, you know, going to wherever the next adventure was. I didn't have a car and a motorcycle, you know, getting chased, you know, DeKalb is corn country of of the world, corn capital of the world. And um, there's a lot of farms, as you can imagine. And some of those gravel farm roads, well, we met some some farm dogs who didn't like the fact that we were on their gravel road and they're chasing us and they're nipping at our ankles, you know, so you're going 35 miles an hour trying to keep your bike steady on the gravel and not get nipped by the dog. That's, you know, seriously looking at you like, Hey, you, look, you look tasty. Oh, the good old days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the safety alert. 
Say again, sorry. Say, tell us a little bit about motorcycle safety lawyers. Oh, okay. So um, we decided, well, it's kind of funny. I went to, I was in Vegas, but it wasn't living here yet. Right. And um, we were talking about what we were doing and stuff. And I met all these industry, you know, uh, folks, publishers and writers and the like. And um, they're asking us about what we do and stuff. And we started talking about, you know, we wanted to get really involved in motorcycle safety from the standpoint of, you know, the accident scene management classes and quality equipment and having a trauma pack with all the right stuff that you could use specifically for a motorcycle accident, not a little right. Band-Aid kit that you buy at Walmart or, right. you know, Walgreens or whatever. Um, and other things that we could do to help the, the motorcycle community. Right. And that's where the name Motorcycle Safety Lairs was invented. I went home that night after the meeting going, no, that's kind of cool name because we were Mark J. Schumann and Associates. Yeah. Up to that. Okay. And even though we had Schumann Legal as our web domain for 15 years, we didn't call ourselves that. Now we call ourselves Schumann Legal and it matches the web domain. Right. And Mark J. Schumann has got a comma LTD was a little too long for everybody to swallow and deal with. So um, <laughs> I went and Googled motorcycle safe floors. The domain was available. I bought it and uh, I trademarked it and I trademarked because bikers matter and everything we do is because bikers matter I mean, and then said we're going to put meat and potatoes behind those phrases because yeah we want them to be meaningful and, and real and so you know we we give away ice cards in case of emergency and we teach people what they need to do about their motorcycle insurance because in, from the legal side we find 80 percent of the cases that come into the firm are un, improperly insured Really? It's unbelievable to us. It's horrible. It's it's like my major goal is to get everybody to improve their motorcycle insurance because it doesn't cost a lot more money. The problem is you got agents out there and they go, you're fully insured in quotes. Yeah. All they're talking about is your bike's insured, but they're not talking about your ass. Wow. And, and here, think about it this way. We're exposed on motorcycles, right? Yeah. Anything can happen. We can hurt our body. It's easy to break your leg. Yeah. But if you break it in a whole bunch of pieces and you need to have surgery, it costs over a hundred thousand dollars. I'll bet the average motorcyclist doesn't even have fifty thousand dollars in uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage because that's what I see yeah. in Illinois. The state minimum is twenty five thousand. Wow. Okay. Okay. So what's that paying for? So you bust your leg, you have to have surgery. It's a hundred thousand. You miss six eight weeks of work. You got to go to rehab to walk again. Um, who's paying your bills? Who's putting your kids through college or, or school or whatever it is, you know, buying sure. clothes, the electric bills and all the utilities and, you know, your car payment, your bike payment. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's, and so you need to have more coverage. I tell people and I'll tell everyone listening right now as an accountant, I'll tell you and I'll tell you what my brother would say, which is exactly the same thing. He's the lawyer on the account. OK, um, you need to have a minimum, a minimum. Of $250,000 in underinsured and uninsured motorist coverage. And if you don't, you're just rolling the dice. I live in Vegas. I can't say that, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, and, and, and most people don't have it. Now, I can tell you, my friends, most of them have a million dollars. Wow. In uninsured and underinsured motors. Yes. Kidding. Holy crap. Well, if if you have a house, if you have a business, you got kids, you know, you got a spouse and kids and, you know, you, you got to look at your own budget. 
Sure. The two fifty minimum, five hundred. If you can, you know, it's not that much more if you can afford it, or even a million if you can afford it. The problem is some people have some people get the um, umbrella policies, so you get a million dollar umbrella. The problem is you got to check the fine print. Most of them don't include uninsured and underinsured motors. Oh, how about that? And they used to, yeah. but they took it out. Like State Farm had it thirty years ago. No kidding. They don't anymore, as an example, um, and you can't wow. get it. So, you, so it's a problem, and it's just it's just you got to take care of your family. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, because you, and, you and can, no one's. You know, we we all know as motorcyclists that uh, riding a motorcycle in, in itself is is dangerous. We know right. that. we know this, but like you said, we don't always look at that fine print. We got insurance, but that's as far as we go with it. And we think we're okay. The yeah. problem is when you have the accident, it's too late to fix the problem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, now, we have two amputation cases in the office from this year. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! Really? That's horrible. Right. Right. So, and, and I can tell you this, my brother's really good at looking for other ways to find coverage. And there are ways to do it. Yeah. Um, that's his job as attorney, right? Um, so we've, the one guy, you know, his policy on his bike was only like 25000 My brother found him 100000 in coverage. But again, he got his leg amputated. He's missing work for a long time. Yeah. He needs rehab for a long time. Right. He needs a prosthesis. The cost of the surgery, uh, and everything else that goes on, yeah, a um, hundred thousand. Yeah, it's better than zero, right. but it's not it's enough. It's not enough. No, my God. Okay. Wow. And, and uh, he's probably gonna be riding like me, a triglide at some point. Right. So he uh, needs money for a bike too. Right. And so you know, this is this is a, a not good situation. We have another case where through the same process. Um, the guy had two and a half million dollars in coverage. Oh, okay. It wasn't his motorcycle policy. It's again the work my brother did to find other coverage sure. to help. There's a lot more to that story for another day. Right. But <laughs> this guy at least will be okay. Right. Wow. And his family will get taken care of. Right. Holy crap, that's a lot. Now, is is motorcycle related uh, cases your uh, your only focus? No, any kind of accident. Any kind. Of, okay. But we are personal injury lawyers. Oh, okay. It's there just you, go. That, you know, because of. What happened was, I used to, my brother went to University of Illinois. Okay. So I used to go in a pair of Northern Illinois University gym shorts, which were short in those days, and nylon, a pair of gym shoes, and my really cool sunglasses. That's how I rode all over the place. Oh, man. <laughs> I wasn't really a motorcycle safety lawyer at that point, I guess. No, right? no, so, not really. <laughs> and there's pictures to prove it. But um, wow. so I'd go ride down and visit my brother and go to some cool concert that they had at, you know, their auditorium at, at the University of Illinois and have some fun with that. Um, I had a very close friend who lived across the alley from us where we grew up and we went to grade school, high school and college together. Okay. We came out of college. He got a job with Ace Hardware Corporate in Oak Brook, Illinois, and um, he was riding to work. On his, and he always took his bike, and uh, he got T-boned, and he became a quadriplegic. Oh, holy crap! And um, he lived for about seven years, but he died. And I got to tell you, all my friends that rode, you know, it just ripped all of us. You know, oh, sure. we just—it was just real hard to deal with. Yeah, and um, it affected everybody. That's all I can say. And it affected my brother. And my brother was is two years younger than I am. Right. I never. I would say he's older, but just to have fun with him. Um, 
but uh, you know, he knew this friend, and and um, it, it kind of motivated him to want to go and handle you know injury law. Sure. Well, when he saw what happened, okay. and so that's how he got started with the motorcycles as well. And um, we've always done it, but car, we we you know trucking accidents, um, car accidents. Um, Dog bites and slip and fall and workers' compensation and medical malpractice. We do all this stuff. So you're doing everything. You're all over the place. Uh, Any kind, but only accident-related law. Okay. All right. We don't do contracts. We don't do divorces. Right. I've had a few. Uh, We don't do, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, other business law and stuff. We only do injury law. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Good. Yeah. Keep all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Now, has you has has your firm? Uh, been at any of the major rallies or large swap meets that go on around the country? Well, does Daytona count? We were there two sure, weeks ago. Sure, yeah. yeah. Daytona's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, so absolutely. So we sponsored the Flying Pistons Breakfast, which was held at the local Harley. Okay. Um, again, that's Marilyn Stemp's baby, and we work with her a lot. So uh, we sponsored that. Um, we're in Sturgis every year. Awesome. Um we are in this growing relationship with the Buffalo Chip, um, which is interesting because there's another law firm that's been there for a very long time. But we've kind of taken. I know a, who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the person who it's named after isn't alive anymore. Oh. Um, but um, you know they, they've been around for a long time. They're out of L.A. Right. And. Uh, you know, so they're there, but that there's an area of the Buffalo Chip called the Crossroads, and it's near the um, west entrance, and it's right behind what they call the big engine bar. And there's literally this big giant engine in front of the bar that's like two stories tall. Right. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, that's open to the public, and so they hold a lot of. And then there's the Horseshoe, which is in the Crossroads, and they hold a lot of events there. So we sponsor. Uh, the Chopper Show, which oh, is an annual cool. competition. Um, and we're getting involved in, uh, I'm actually in that process this very minute, um, of several other shows. We did the uh, Hardcore Performance Show, Cycle Performance Show last right. year. Okay, That one's b- actually bigger in Daytona than it is in Sturgis because it just kind of started in Sturgis. Oh, okay, um, But we're involved with that. And then there's uh, several, there's several other shows that uh, are going on that we're looking at becoming involved with at this point. Plus, we usually have a booth down on Main Street. Uh, last year, we were across the street from the uh, Sturgis Motorcycle Museum. Oh, wow. Cool. So, wow. yeah, that was fun. And uh, Yeah, I've been going for a number of years, and we're, we'll be there again. Oh, well, I'll be making uh, my first trip to Sturgis this year. Well, you definitely we'll we'll talk about that, but you got to come by. Oh, absolutely, I come by and say hello. Absolutely, yeah. I will. No, I mean so, I got to get you a, a motorcycle safety lawyer T-shirt and swag. We got tons of swag. Oh, good, awesome, yeah, cool. All right, well, we'll hit you up when it comes time for our our Christmas special where we give stuff away. No problem. <laughs> okay. I'll be happy to help you. Sure. Now, as far as it goes for the motorcycle community, it's just like a, from a legal standpoint. Do you think that the motorcycle community is represented well enough? On local, state, and federal levels? No. No, not at all, huh? I mean, I know attorneys that handle motorcycle cases, but, okay, any any personal injury lawyer can say they handle motorcycle accidents right. because they're allowed to say it. But think about it. 
What do they know about two wheels? Jack. What do they, what do, thank you. What do they understand about road construction and, and the impact of raised asphalt on an angle, you know, when you're trying to get onto expressway? Exactly. And you're in an emerge lane and, and you got this, you know, asphalt that rises two inches going across on an angle across right. the road. Exactly. Okay. What do they know about divots or, or, um, you know, potholes, you know, you see sometimes where they don't finish the edge of the road properly and again, raised asphalt. Yeah. And then there's, there's ways that your tire can get caught yeah. and cause an accident. Oh yeah. They don't know this stuff. What they want to do is try to quickly, it's nothing wrong with trying to settle a case under the right circumstances. Sure. Okay. I mean, you know, think about the client perspective. They want their money as soon as possible. Right. I want my money. I want it now. Well, it doesn't work that way because nobody's going to pay anything until you're done treating your injuries. And sure. we want to know the full extent of your injuries and the long-term implications, if there are any, right. unfortunately. Because um, you know, that affects the value of your case. You know, It affects what you should get in terms of compensation. Sure. Um and so you know, I think I'm talking about other, you know, other examples too. You know, just the oil on the road when they're oh doing my god, right. you're kidding, yeah. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine, he just went, he just went down. He was in West Virginia. He says he doesn't know what happened, but the bike just went out from under him. He thinks he hit some diesel fuel or some oil or something, and he went down. So yeah, you you just don't know. You just and you know, know, there's groups like Abate that are out there, and they've you know they've tried to fight the whole grass clippings on the road scenario because that yeah. doesn't help either yeah. let's get slippery and whatnot but so um and the other thing is if someone doesn't really know motorcycle accidents when's a good situation that you want to send out a professional investigator you know to go look at the accident scene right. and see right. what other little walk the scene walk yeah. the road and see what's there right. there are things about signage and everything else that sure. come to play of course Someone who doesn't know motorcycles isn't going to spend the time or the money to do those things. Right. They don't know any better. Because now you know? what happens is now when you get into that thing, I'm, again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. I'm just saying. But now litigation brings in the, the local community, the local town itself. And now it's, that's going to open up a whole different bag of worms that nobody wants to even talk about. Well, and then or the local county. Yeah, depending exactly. Depending on where yeah. you are. Exactly. Right. And then state, you know, you, you can see, I mean, we got cases where, you're bringing in everybody, city, county, state, the construction company, yep, and and more, um, and so you know, knowing the nitty gritty details and being able to analyze what happened and decide what to do is critical. The other thing that people don't realize is that, you know, in today's society, we're always being watched, right? Oh yeah, there's cameras oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah, but. There are places where those camera, the recordings are overturned every so many days. Yeah. If you don't jump on it and put out your, you know, subpoenas for records and for film, you know, promptly, you may lose an opportunity to capture something. My brother showed me a horrific video of young lady. She had the right of way. She went through the intersection. She got T-boned, right? Guy cut her, well... What happened was really he cut it. He made a turn. He didn't have the right of way. He jumped into the intersection. She went right into the driver's door, and I literally you watch her fly over the car wow. and come crashing down on the other side. It's horrible. Yeah. Okay. She didn't have a prayer. There was no way she could have stopped. She she couldn't see that this guy 
wasn't going to stop. Right. Okay. And and so and they tried to say no, she blew the light. So the way the original video is, you can't see the lights, so you can't tell. So we sent out a professional investigator, and we videotaped all the corners yeah. and timed all the light changes. Yeah. And proved, without a doubt, that she had agreed. Yeah. So okay, yeah. We took all that work to figure it out to make a case to say she was in the right. And you got to, you know, the bias out there is against the motorcyclists. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. We're all speeding and we're all in the, in the emergency lane and we're always cutting people off and we're doing all these things. And so, you know, even jury selection is a big deal. Oh, yeah. We belong to the National Academy of Motorcycle Injury Lawyers. These are attorneys that do motorcycle accident cases all over the country. Yeah. So we meet twice a year in person. But we have meetings every month. And we talk about all these little nuances and things that we learn and discover and and um, to make us to make all the lawyers better yeah. and to be more on top of what new things are out there. I mean, you know, today we got these uh, self-driving cars. Yeah, that's a huge problem now. That's right. a huge problem. They don't problem. see motorcycles too well. No, no they might they see don't. my big ass triglide, but they're not seeing these smaller bikes on the road. No, absolutely you know? not. No, no way. I mean, I can tell you how many times I sit at, you know, just as a, as a poor example, sitting at a traffic light. If you're the first one in line at a traffic light, that light will, you know, the sensors will not pick you up. So if that's not picking you up and you're going to sit there through light and, you know, because it's just not going to see you and turn green. How is it that these I, I understand that, you know, companies like tesla are working on it but so far they haven't they still can't see motorcycles or pedestrians right. for that matter right you hear about the accidents for sure oh yeah absolutely oh so, so well when it comes down to like organizations like the ama and the motorcycle riders foundation are are they doing enough i guess i i you know i think they're doing things within the scope of what they understand right what they see you know and realize um could they do more i it seems like they could yeah um it's like it's it's like the thing with insurance while they may not be lawyers they certainly could be raising the volume on motorcyclists don't have good insurance and you'll never hear that they may have a relationship maybe it's the hog you know coverage maybe it's um you know they're they're getting sponsored or getting something out of progressive or geico or you right. know all state whoever um you don't hear we make a ton of noise about it i biker down is which is a charity that we work with that steps up if a biker unfortunately goes down um they make a lot of noise about it yeah but i don't hear see hear or see um even other law firms, except for the ones in NAML, because we yell about it, um, <laughs> you know, telling people their insurance stinks. I mean, there's an animal law. They, they pretend they're a law firm. They're actually a marketing company. They're represented by an animal. And they have a little thing that gives you guidelines um, for insurance. Right. The problem is that most people, whether we're talking bikers or not, doesn't matter don't understand what all these things are or what they mean. So, okay. you know, for me to say, here's what you sh your numbers should look like, half the people listening still don't understand it, maybe more. Right. And that's okay. That's why we do 
free insurance reviews. I don't sell insurance. We don't make a dime off of this stuff. It's we're doing it because we want to help the motorcycle community. Right. And other people should take the same attitude. Yeah. Um, and the AMA, at least, you know, these different associations related to motorcycles could clearly um, say there are problems in insurance and you should know that and talk to a professional. Talking to your broker isn't going to change it. No. Companies don't teach them or don't want them to sell uninsured and underinsured motorists. And in some cases, I've been told recently that the agent or broker gets dinged if there are claims against us. Wow. So, which is even worse. Yeah. It's worse for the community. Well, because, you know, right. like none of these agents that you talk to when you're getting your motorcycle insurance, they don't know nothing about motorcycles. Most well, of the time, right. they, they don't. Well, there's there's more to this um, that I've discovered over time in the process of going through this, besides for my own coverage. Sure. Um, I mean, my brother got on my case, gosh, 40, 35, 40 years ago about having high limits on my high limits on my policies and having an umbrella and making sure I had underinsured and uninsured motors. He, you know, he taught me that right. a very long time ago. And but everybody should be harping about this stuff because it, the message isn't out there enough. Right. And too many too many of our brothers and sisters are going down, getting creamed and there's no coverage. Right. You know, we had a case I on um, guy was riding at night on a highway. Somebody it was a hit and run, oh, knocked man. him off the road. He's unconscious, laying on the side of the road until someone else finally saw him and called nine one one. He wasn't carrying an ice cart either. Really? So they didn't. Most bikers don't. That's we're trying to change that too. That's why we print them and give them away or free again. Okay. At every event we're at, we just start handing them up. Okay. And explain, you need to put this in your wallet because you know, uh, the uh, first responders will go in your wallet and look, who are you? Yeah. Is there any information about you? And if you have an ice card, they know what that is. You know, people say, well, I put it in my phone. Well, well if your phone goes, you get right. hit and your phone goes flying. Yeah. Who's going to find it? Well, explain what that card is again to everybody. So it's in case of emergency. Right. And it has your name and your address and phone number. It has who should be contacted, one, two, and three, if they need to get a hold of somebody. Sure. Who's your physician? Do you have any allergies? What medications do you take? It's small, but it's packed with information. Right. Well, and it's okay. very similar to, it sounds very similar to a product that I have long used and and promoted it's called a road id uh this company originally started making them for cyclists and i'm a cyclist uh, and now like everybody's using them now it's basically it's a it's a band you will run around, wear around your wrist or you wear around your ankle and it'll have all the pertinent information emergency contact blood type anything that you want to put on right. there and we should be having that stuff because I've said it more. You know, I said you should get a road ID and then somebody will say, well, I have my phone. Well, what happens if your phone smashes on the ground and it's useless? You got no way. No, people's going to dig for your wallet and then people know nothing about you except your right. name. That's it. If they got that. Some if cases they got that. have that. Yeah. So, so this guy's this guy was newlywed. And and he's in a hospital unconscious and nobody's called his wife. Wow. She goes and pings his iPhone and finds out that he's in a certain hospital. And she's freaking out, 
right? I mean, think about this poor girl. And and ended up going there and finding out there's her husband lying unconscious, all busted up, you know, in a hospital bed. Right. Wow. You know, we can prevent these things. And yeah. and these are easy. The AMA and others, you know, you mentioned the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, whoever, they could all be giving out these things, too. But they don't. But they don't. Hmm. Wonder why. But we do. And we're happy to, you know, I, I don't care if I have to give away 10 million of them. Yeah. I'll do it. Why? Because it helps the community. Is it, is it available what, on your website? If you email David at Motorcycle Safety Lawyers, plural, yeah. dot com, I'll send you one. Oh, there you go. But you can, cool. but, it, but you know, if you're going to take the time to go to the website, MotorcycleSafeLawyers.com, you can sign up to win twenty grand towards the motorcycle of your choice. Mm -hmm. You can sign up for right now. We're giving away two VIP passes to the Harley 120th Anniversary um, Friday Night Concert. So you're going to see Green Day in in reserved seats, have actual air conditioned bathrooms and drinks, you know, bar service and the whole deal. Wow! Look at this. Wow! You guys so, are all in. Wow. We have, we created what I call the National Biker VIP card. Right. Um, took me three years. It's roadside assistance. It costs $59.95 a year right. for one bike. We pay the first $300 of a tow, a jump, or gas, up to three gallons of gas delivered oh, crap, to you. really? So, you know, a tow from Spearfish, South Dakota to um, Sturgis, to the Harley dealership there, is a uh, almost seven hundred dollars. Get out of here, really? Holy right, crap. and then lots of people go check out Spearfish because it's pretty damn cool, right? Yeah. So, you know, you need a tow. That's a lot of money. We pay that first three hundred. You only pay the difference. But let's just say you're, you know, somewhere closer. I, actually, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I bought the Triglide this past summer in Chicago, and I had it shipped out here. Uh, it actually went with its, it. Actually went from um, Mount Prospect to uh, um, the to Milwaukee to the Harley uh, Museum. Right. And they were sending a bunch of bikes. So it rode with its brothers and sisters all the way out to Vegas. Wow. Okay. Man, cool. On haul bikes. Nice. And and uh, so I went to go pick it up, and it was so cool. I got to see 500 bikes in this warehouse. They yeah. were all going to the Meekum auction. Really? Right? Oh crap. Wow. So, matter of fact, uh, Mike Wolf, American Picker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had 30 bikes there. I got to see him. No I got took some pictures and stuff. They oh, were man. sitting there in this giant warehouse. It was huge. They had like nine or 11 trailers of motorcycles sitting there. They were getting loaded up to go wow. over. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And, it's, and that, that auction, it's the largest motorcycle auction in the world every oh, January okay. in Vegas. Wow. I'd like to see so, that. Yeah, they hold it at the South Point Hotel, which is um, 20 minutes south of the Strip. Right. But it's on Las Vegas Boulevard. No kidding. But this place, it's like this giant city that rises out of the desert, you know, because <laughs> you're way away from town, you know, and, it, and there's not a lot between the two. You get past the airport, which is where Las Vegas Harley is, sure and, and heading, you know, out towards South Point. But that's where the rodeo competitions are held wow. and stuff. And it's all indoor. That sounds cool. So they have these massive halls, and you yeah. just see rows and rows and rows and rows of motorcycles. Damn, I'm you know? missing out. Yeah, and there's some amazing, you know, you see all kinds of custom stuff, and you see all kinds of vintage bikes. Um, they're all there. Everything you could think of practically oh, wow. is there. That's um, way cool. All right, and that's where we sold the helmets that I was mentioning before. Yeah, yeah, the Kirsch helmets. Yeah. Right. 
Wow. So, so uh, well, I'll tell you what, what what's next for uh, Because Bikers Matter and Motorcycle Safety Lawyers? What's next? Um, for Motorcycle Safety Lawyers, I think it's, you know, we, we're handling cases all over the country, but um, we're still the, um, we're, we're the David, you know, we're not Goliath. Right. So um, my whole thing is getting people to understand what we not about us as attorneys, but what we do for the motorcycle community because sure. no one else is even close. Right. And I think that you know, I, my whole team, we all believe that helping the community because we're all part of it right. is extremely important. And we hope that if we do good for the community, that in turn someone will remember to call eight 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 five hundred nine thousand if if they need help. Right. And um, that's our real goal. And so we just keep looking for more quality situations to get involved in, to do good. And um, again, that's how we spread our name. We don't have blimps and trucks and and whatever's, you know. Uh, we got a couple banners here and there. And But the thing is, we're always on site. We're at every event we sponsor. We, we join the rides that we sponsor. Right. Um, We've got staff there. We're always signing people up to win 20 grand towards the bike of their choice or the other giveaways that we're doing. We hand out just tons of swag. Excellent. You know, and um, no, we love the community and we want the community to know what we're all about. And that's so it's just finding more quality ways to spread the work is really what it's about for us. Um, podcasts, sort of the same thing. Um, finding, you know, Things that are relevant to the community, people that are relevant to the community, yeah. concepts that are relevant to the community, things that will educate the community, and uh, things that are better for the for the motorcycle community. So that that's that's you know that's our our plan. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, so how can people learn more about your podcast and motorcycle safety lawyers? So the podcast, um, you know, uh, it's on. Uh, iTunes. It's actually on like 30-something platforms, but I can't even rattle it off. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's on... So we, we... we All the podcasts are on... We have a motor... Because Bikers Matter podcast channel on YouTube. Right. We have a Motorcycle Safety Lawyers channel on YouTube. Okay. There's MotorcycleSafetyLawyers.com and, and, if, and if you sign up for these things, you can sign up for our newsletter. So we put out a newsletter that goes to 40-something thousand people right now right. every month. Um, but you can sign up to get the newsletters and see where we're going to be at, what our events are. It's also on the website, as I say. All right. Um, the charities we sponsor are there, the events that we're attending, the classes that we're sponsoring, all those things are available there. And that's the best way. Come out and see us at an event. Excellent. So that's, remember, that's uh, Motorcycle Lawyers. It's motorcyclesafetylawyers.com, right? Right. Uh, we'll get you, I'm going to get, I'll get all, I'll have all, I'll get all the links from you and I'll put all those on the, on the, Perfect. Uh, on the website and our website as well. And of course I'll get your logo and everything on our website as also as part Very of nice. our, Thank uh, you. Our, our links page. Uh, any closing words for motorcycle riders out there? Um, sure. One, get your motorcycle insurance checked by someone who knows what they're doing so that you're protected, your family, your loved ones are protected as well. Great advice. We want to be your personal injury lawyers. Okay. Everything yeah. we do is because bikers matter. Absolutely. David, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast. You've been an absolute pleasure to talk to, and I learned a lot. 
I had a lot of fun talking Thank to you. you. All right, stick around. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you. And uh, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Thank you. Motorcycle Man Podcast is supporting David Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. If you'd like to help those that are in need dealing with the hardships of cancer and see your money go to those that it affects, go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. And the Gold Star Ride Foundation, helping families of fallen soldiers. If you'd like to be a part of a great cause and get some heartfelt miles in, go to goldstarride.org and learn how you can participate in the next Gold Star Ride. And, of course, Chasing the Cure. Let's help long-haul Paul Peeland complete his mission to ride a million miles for MS. Now, he was told a few years ago that a cure for MS was a million miles away. So he decided to ride that million miles for that cure. You can help him by going to longhaulpaul.com and donate to his quest for that cure for MS. Thanks for joining me and David here in the V-Twin Cafe where we told you about his podcast, Because Bikers Matter, and the Motorcycle Safety Lawyers. Now, you can learn more about David's podcast and what's going on over at MotorcycleSafetyLawyers.com. If you go there, you'll also be able to register for your chance to win $20,000 towards the motorcycle of your choice. And you can also register to win a trip to the Harley-Davidson Homecoming event in Milwaukee. Now, links will be in the show notes and, of course, on the Motorcycle Men website at www.motorcyclemen.us. And don't forget to get on over to the Motorcycle Men YouTube channel. We're trying to get some more videos up over there. And you can also hit the Ride with Ted YouTube channel. There's all kinds of Ted Shed videos, and there's also lots of ride videos, a lot of good stuff over there. So check that out and uh, subscribe, of course, as always. And for the rest of the Motorcycle Men team, thank you for listening. And remember, boys and girls, we say stupid crap, but you don't have to. Ride safely, kids. <laughs>